Welcome, adventurers. Here's what happened last time on the Incorrigible Party. Concerned about what they discovered in Samuel's most recent journal, Mia and Falzern seek the advice of Generals Wilsha Ventrier and Larak Calloway, both of them offering their help in figuring out what may be wrong with the armor of Kalar, and finding its power waning. Wasting no time, Samuel presses the attack on the Niyogi, ordering troops into position for an all-out assault. And now, on with the show. After assessing the armor and speaking with Samuel and kind of getting at the general plan, the, the troop movements happen immediately as the new front line is just kind of set up, set up buzz. Um, and as Samuel has mentioned, General Stellis, having already been kind of briefed on the plan, he, he's been busy assembling and mobilizing the paladins. And over the next uh, couple hours or so, th maybe two or three, the camp's numbers just kind of start to dwindle pretty significantly as swaths of paladins set out to, to the additional, the, the closest cave entrances to get into this is right, to assault from. And as the weather has finally cleared and, and from the height of where the front line is on, on the slope of this mountain, you can see these paladin troops like kind of disappearing far into the distance, almost like trails of ants as they march to the west, which is towards uh, Mount Gromag, but also northwards towards Mount Necrosis, which is also kind of the opposite way that you, as the party, had arrived to the front line, you know, as you, when you had traversed the lake and up towards uh, Thufti's cave, uh, etc. Et so it's kind of uh, two sets of mobilizations in, in, these, in these two directions. You can also see from your height advantage is the two airships there at the base of the mountain that the camp is on. Kind of the only place that they can safely actually park due to their size and the slope of of the, the mountainside itself. They both take off, though, as this camp is kind of being emptied out and right as this time is progressing. Uh, but you see that they actually head towards Drukal and not into the mountains. Mia just looks up and feels really bad that Grimby's probably not captain anymore. <laughs> because of her words. <laughs> Falzerin, they're... The airships, they're headed to Drukal. Maybe that's where Shikara was. Right? He's sending people looking for the eyes. Right, yes. Perhaps that that's what's going on. That makes sense. Why would they... Anyway. I have no idea why they would go back to Drukal. It's weird. Are you ready? For tonight? Oh... I guess as ready as I'll ever be. And you? I, th I think so. Yeah. What other choice do we have? This is what I'm here for. Yes. If you've got a point. The hours again continue to tick by uh, as it's kind of almost, it's like you're just waiting, right? You're kind of waiting for the time of action as Sam kind of described, right? You need time for these troops to get into placement is really what's holding the operation up. Uh, again, as things are moving like really quickly now that you, just, you need to seize on this kind of opportunity that, that has presented itself. But as the, you know, the sun is beginning uh, to set, you're approached by some familiar faces. Uh, Silas, a, he still has like the same kind of accompanying paladins that had 
taken your stuff and, and arrested you. They now have Grimby, Hulsa, Dreg, and Braun in tow. And Grimby, immediately upon seeing it, Grimby's like, I mean, yeah, Frozen, but uh, what's this nonsense about Shigara? Oh, Grimby. Braun. We're, we're not, I'm not completely sure what's going on with Shikara and Shaft, but, but they're no longer here. They left in the night. They take me captainship? Grimby, I'm sorry. I think that they're just, it's just because of your association with Shikara. That's all. And I, you got to trust Samuel. It's, are you coming into the caves with us? And I look over at Silas. Silas is kind of shaking his head. We, we need, we're escorting them out of the camp. We're letting them say their goodbyes. But Dreg Hulson but, and Grimby, we've been ordered to uh, escort them to the base of the but, mountain. But Bron, Bron just met Shakar. He's not associated with Shakar, right? Tell him, tell him, Bron. You. Bron is, according to Samuel, to accompany you and Valzern. Okay. But the 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 rest of them, I'm afraid, we're we'll be escorting out as soon as they say the goodbyes. Dreg Hulsa, Grimby. We believe Shakara and Shaft stole the other. Eye of Dendar from the tower, it, exposing our front lines, leaving us weakened with no explana- explanation. I, uh, and wh- where be they now? We have no idea. Do you know? Yes, we, we haven't heard from them. Haven't seen them since we took off from the old front line. I, I'm sorry that you're to be cast out. I, I hope we can meet again someday. I look at each of them. Grimby kind of sighs, and you see now now Bron steps forward again. He's clearly happy to see you, of course, Mia. I know you yeah. have said before your family's not really huggers, so he's kind of no. He like <laughs> fist pound with the yeah, right. Or <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Bron uh, begins to you know kind of say his own goodbyes. Uh, he kind of gives Grimby clasps like forearms with with Grimby. It's been a pleasure serving under you, Captain Chum. I. You be the best damn medic I've ever had the fortune to command there, uh, Bron. And, uh, you know, they kind of nod to each other. Bron, Bron and Halsa just share a polite nod, too. It's kind of very curt. <laughs> you know, there seems to be maybe a little animosity between between the two of them. And finally, turning to Dreg, Bron kind of clasps Dreg's shoulder with, with one hand. He brings his forehead to Dreg's. You know, they both kind of dip their, their fore- uh, heads towards each other. And he's kind of lowers, speaking softly to Dreg. You are more than your feelings of anger. They will not consume you. They will not twist you. Dreg rests, you know, his hand on on the side of bronze, kind of taking his cheek in in his hand. Uh, And then he kind of undoes the, the thin band of leather around his waist that is connected to the scabbard and the dagger that Shakara had given to Dreg. And Dreg will show it to, to Braun. I don't think I need this anymore. As he hands it to your brother. Tears welling in his eyes. And Braun takes the weapon from Dreg with a, a warm smile. Mia's gonna see this like as he's handing it before they right quite before they leave. Just Silas, can you give us a minute? And I I kind of Way falls right over and just sort of like try to huddle with them a little bit, maybe so that Silas and crew can't hear. Guys, I'm really sorry about this, and if you're not sure where to go or what to do, the ships are flying to Drukal, you could 
You could go looking for Shakara and Shaft. You could try to figure out what's happening. You could get in touch with them and, you know, there has to be some reason they left. I, uh, I think that's the plan there, Mia. I, Falzer and I, right? Right, Falzer, we're not totally convinced that they are against us or anything, and we just, we're just confused. We have no idea why. Yes, it, it doesn't, doesn't seem like Shaft and Shakara to, uh, there must be something else that we don't know about. If you find them, send word to us. I, uh, I, I know Shakara must, uh, she must have had her reasons. They might be in danger, they might need help. I'd appreciate it if you go looking, at least. I, uh, damn right I'll be looking. Hulsa's nodding and dragging okay. it, you know, as he kind of wipes wipes his cheek is agreeing, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Just just checking. I didn't really want Silas and the boys to hear that. Kind of puff my chest a little bit. Take a deep breath. Okay, alright. And I'm, like, trying not to cry a little bit. Okay. Each of them, again, kind of wish you a farewell. You know, they kind of give, like, Thufty a, a bit of a look, obviously. <laughs> no one's really doing the introductions. Not that it matters. Uh, as Thufty seems to be Back to being preoccupied with with his stick. <laughs> uh, the same stick, or? Well, after all of your items were confiscated, he did have to find a new one. But the, Silas will escort the three of them again with his kind of pallet and entourage as they they depart finally and, and back towards to the edge the edge of the camp and to the the base of the mountains as, as Silas had uh, explained. It's good to see you, Mia. Uh, what what's been what's been going on? Life, life on the airship, uh, it goes by pretty quick. Well, uh, there's a few things going on. Um, we're preparing. We're, we're going to be going into the caves tonight. Have you heard? Uh, yeah, Silas, Silas kind of mentioned, briefed me a little bit. Well, Bron, I'm glad you're able to join us. I just, I was so worried about you. I, how was the ship? Was it fun? It, uh, like, it took me a little, little while to get my, uh, air legs. Ah. But, I'm grown very close and fond of, of Dreg, and then Grimby, of course. Halsa seems nice. Yeah, yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean about Halsa. Ah, they'll be all right. Happy to have you come with us. We can use all the help we can get. There's some sort of there was some sort of like barrier, and, and Falzerin's able to sort of disable that. So finding that out, we're kind of mobilizing and just kind of waiting and. The army's doing their thing. I don't know, Samuel, Samuel is the best with the logistics, but um, I guess the plan's to get inside the system here and kind of control their hub for travel, so we can travel faster, they can't, blocking those situations, and uh, if you want to come with us, we're going to go try to kill this Niyogi god. Figure you might be interested. Niyogi god? He kind of turns to Falzer. A bar barrier? How did you... How are we going to... How is Samuel expecting to, to control anything that has to do with the Niyogi? I'm not... I'm honestly not quite sure. I, I don't quite understand how the barrier was able to be opened, but it is. It's, it's a long story. I mean, we don't know everything, but... Uh, is there anyone else around? Is it just Thufty and then Braun? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of the, the four of you now. We, we got in a fight. And we cried out for help, and uh, Thuff the Younger here. By the way, Bra this is Braun, my brother. Thuff the Younger, Braun, 
Bronthoff the Younger. Oh, uh, hi. This is my brother. Oh, you never mentioned before. Just like just like you to brother. You never talk about him. Oh wow. Okay, so he's he's my friend. He's he's got no filter, Bron. Just ignore. It's <laughs> we get along because of this. It's fine. Falzerin died. So so yeah. So Falzerin was dead, and uh, I was spent. And it's my fault. I should have known to save some energy in case something went wrong, but, uh, we... Uh, the Neogi God resurrected him. So... Uh, but... In... Just because... What? Uh, How? Th- I... Thufty cried out and it happened. I I didn't know it was the Neogi saving him. It's, uh, apparently, Thuft has a, uh, somewhat of a relationship with uh, he's he's he claims to be the emissary of this of this Neogi god. I Sari very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good uh, it's it's Thufti, uh, by the way, Falzi. Right, right. Yes, yes. Thufti Sari's very well being an emissary. Yeah, we kind of guess that because he has a link to this god, he can do things we can't that are like Neogi specific. And you know what, Bron? Full disclosure, I owe a favor to this god, and, uh, yeah. It sucks. You are in debt to... Yeah, so before he can cash in on the debt, I'm gonna... I want to kill this thing, right? Like, come I help think me. that sounds like a very good idea. Yeah, I... I didn't know what I was doing, I just... falzerin has been such a good companion and a friend, and I just couldn't see him go, and I... I asked for help. I, I, I really, you, you shouldn't feel guilty, Mia. I, I, I could have saved you if I would have just saved some energy myself. Ugh. It was a very difficult situation for all of us, and and I'm, I'm sure, you know, we wish things could have went differently. But what, what happened happened. But Bron, this is, this is why I left home. This, this is it. This is the time. This is, this is the battle. This is, it's happening. I understand. I fully understand why you wanted to leave in the first place. This is exciting. It's it's terrifying. It's it's everything. It is everything. Aspara is is toast if we can't do anything about the Neogi. Like it's hopeless. They're so strong. So uh, anyway, there's Thuft. Thufty has been very helpful. He's ex- he's explained a little bit about his god to us. Uh, how do you how do you say his name again, Thufty? Akakalach. Yeah, yeah, that one. And I and I don't try to say it because I can't say it. But no, no, um, no, 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 don't don't say it wrong. Just uh, exactly. Y- y- you could say Your Majesty. I'm alright. And then apparently this god lives in two different bodies. So Samuel and troops are going to go to one body, and then Falzern and I and Thufty are going to go to another. You'll probably come with us, and then. We're going to try to kill the bodies where this god lives in, and maybe that's what can turn the tide and change everything. Yes, I think Samuel is, with this armor on, is a very, very powerful ally that I'm quite glad we have on our side. But yeah, we have, we have no idea what happened to Shakara, Shaft, and Horik is with them. Do you know Horik? I don't, I don't know that I've met Horik. Anyways, Shaft's old buddy, and uh, 
I, I don't know what they're doing. We gave Shakara the eye that was promised for the pieces of the armor, and that just wasn't enough. We went to sleep. Next thing you know, the three of them are missing, and the tower's powered down, and the other eye's gone, and the front line's left open. It's not like them to leave us weak and just not tell us where they're going. So since we parted, you are in debt to an evil god. Yes. The artifacts that are meant to bring back another evil entity are in the possession of someone that worships that entity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we're about to go into depths unknown, crawling with creatures that want to enslave all of our world. Is that about it? Yep, yep. S- sounds, sounds about right. The odds certainly don't sound that good when you put it that way, but... Braun, like myself, we're, you know, point blank. We're straight shooters, yes. right? Yes. I think we've got a good chance. Braun Thor is with us. Yes. I'm looking forward to putting all of this behind us. Uh, ready yourself. Whatever whatever you may need to do, Braun. Uh, it's not going to be long now. We're planning on tonight. And he kind of has a you know a grip on his own weapon. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready if the two of you are. Because in addition to the things you mentioned, we're on a little bit of a time crunch because Samuel feels like the armor is kind of losing power over time. So, yeah, there's that too. You know, Silas gave me the opportunity to remain aboard the Rising Four, even not under uh, Grimby's captainship. You're making me regret the decision <laughs> no. I made. Brother, Sister. we need you. Don't be like that. Come on. <laughs> Just kind of poke him with my hammer and give him a little Yeah. Shot. And the, the, the camp kind of grows eerily quiet, right? As, as sun, the sun sets and darkness kind of overtakes it. There's obviously far fewer paladins on site to, like, maintain those fires that... You know, I've been burning since you arrived, essentially. Kind of lets the the cold seep in. Like, you didn't quite realize even how sparsely, uh, you know, distance they were. Like, the effect that they kind of had on the overall, one, the atmosphere. But, again, just the, the, the temperature of, of the camp itself. And there's, like, a, a nervousness in the air uh, that just kind of builds and builds as, as the... The remaining paladins, this this massive garrison of a few hundred paladins, they've assembled now outside of the Neogi cave, fully prepared, waiting for the signal to advance. Samuel stands at the at the mouth of the cave. He's just staring into the surrounding night, kind of very stoic, uh, motionless. The armor of Kalar kind of glints; those gold and blue pieces glint in the torchlight. That illuminates the cave's entrance. Silas is moving throughout the garrison, kind of patting paladins on the back, checking in on them, returning salutes to those that give him one. He's kind of got a bundle of of items in his arms, and he's passing out equipment to to the paladins as he moves through. Kind of gets now to to the the four of you, right? Yes, I keep losing track, but there's four of you, right? <laughs> Two of you, Braun and Thufty. Different four than. Before. Right, exactly. This The number may stay constant, but the composition of that number definitely changes quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> but he, you know, gets to you, and have the four of you gotten uh, any of the available provisions? We don't have much left to, to give out, but I'm trying to make sure everyone has gotten at least something. 
Uh, do you, do you have another scroll ascending there, Silas? Uh, yeah, I think there may be a couple left. Um, and in addition to that, he kind of shows you what he has essentially, right? So he's got ten potions of climbing, five potions of greater healing. Looks like there's one potion of gaseous form, two potions of maximum power, and three potions of advantage. That's kind of what's left in the reserves. And he kind of, he offers, like, you, you can take what you want, but he makes it clear that he's trying to distribute, like, as much, as far wide as, as he can. So it's going to be up to you what you insist that you might want to take from him. Okay, so obviously the, the greater healing, self-explanatory. Ooh, I still have a potion of invulnerability. What's that do? For one minute, I have resistance to all damage. Okay, so potions of climbing. As the name kind of implies, when you drink it, you gain a climbing speed equal to your walking speed for one hour. During this time, you have advantage on athletics checks to make you make to climb. The potion, uh, potion of greater healing, 44 plus 4 hit points when you drink it. I have two potions of greater healing already. We can go to someone else. Yeah, I think Falzern would take uh, one of each if he could. Okay, so you want to... Okay, yeah, you can have a potion of climbing, uh, greater healing... The single potion of gaseous form. When you drink this potion, you gain the effect of the gaseous form spell for one hour, no concentration, or until you end the effect as a bonus action. Uh, the gaseous form spell, while you're in this form, the, uh, the, the target, which of course would be the drinker, you, your only method of movement is a flying speed of, of 10 feet, but it transforms you into like literally a misty cloud. You can enter and occupy the space of another creature. You have resistance to non-magical damage. Uh, you have advantage on strength, dexterity, and constitution saving throws. You can pass through small holes, narrow openings, even like tiny cracks. Can't miss through like liquids, which act as solid surfaces. Can you phase in and out of that while while the spell is in effect, or like you you for an hour you're the you're the gas? That's correct. You're you're in this form for until you dismiss it right so while you're okay. in the while in the form of the misty cloud the target can't talk or manipulate objects and any objects it was carrying or holding can't be dropped used or otherwise interacted with the target can't attack or cast spells so it's kind of more of a defensive maybe more of a utility utility thing but there's a single one of those there was a is it potion of power potion of maximum power the first time you cast a damage-dealing spell of fourth level or lower within one minute after drinking the potion, instead of rolling dice to determine the damage dealt, you instead use the highest number possible for each die. <coughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's two of those, so you could have one one of each if you wanted. Yeah, as much as I think the gas's form is cool, I don't know that that fits me as fighting style. So I will. I, I'm interested so far on the potion of maximum power. Okay, and then the last potions. Potion of advantage. When you drink this potion, you gain advantage on one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw of your choice that you make within the next hour. How many of those were there? There are three of those. That's pretty powerful. The potion lasts for an hour, but you only apply it to a single ability check, attack throw, or saving throw. And then that's it. You only get it once. Oh, one time. It's not for an hour each time. No, no, no. Uh, Within that hour, you'll get to choose a death save. Is that on there? That is a that's that is a death save is considered a saving throw. Yeah. So if you <laughs> potentially, I, I would let you do that definitely. 
So there. So again, there. There's three of three of those. I look over at Falzerin. I mean, I don't know if I need to be climbing around or turning into mist. I'd maximum damage and like having advantage sounds good to me. All of these potions certainly, I, I think, will be very helpful. Uh, any any of them, I, I think. So I think the gaseous form spell is more of a utility spell. It's not. It's not really meant to be a combat spell. It's like literally like. You could turn into a mist, get un- yeah, get yeah. through a keyhole or underneath a locked door, gotcha. and then revert back. Like I think that's what it's meant to be. So it, it is more utility. Wouldn't be super helpful for like if you were about to die in combat to turn into a gas, because then people can could still attack you technically. That yes, that is true. Though if you want, if you did that, you could fly like you can fly above. Like you could try to get high up outside, out of range of things potentially. So there is a bit of usage maybe in combat. And resistance to non-magical stuff is still good. And does taking is it's not concentration, so you could take damage, and it's not going to knock you out of it. That's right. All right. So what are what are each of you going to take then? I'm going to take a potion of maximum power and a potion of advantage. Oh, this is hard. Now, can I cast the fourth level spell that, because of my item, gets upcast to fifth level? With maximum damage. I, I mean, I, I would I would rule yes, you, you can. Because it's casting at fourth level. Right, it doesn't, exactly. You're still expending only a fourth level slot, so I, I would, uh, yeah, absolutely. I doubt I, like I can call steps. a storm in a cave, but that would be dope. <laughs> 5d10, it's like a channel right there, basically a channel. Faldron? Faldron's going to take the potion of greater healing, and how many people are left that are leaving? Oh, there, there's like a like a few hundred paladins here waiting to get into the caves. Like, there's, there's clearly, there's not, there's, after the original like stocks pile got raided by the young, like clearly there's not enough really to go around. But Silas is just trying to spread what was able to be produced with what was left as far you know as in many in as many hands as possible. So I think if I think if Silas will let Falzer and he will take potion of climbing, potion of greater healing, and potion of advantage you're taking three Fawzi? wow <laughs> all right so silas will hand each of you what what you uh requested um Bron will take oh in ascending scroll yep he has he has this scroll for you absolutely uh Bron is also going to take uh, a greater healing he he agrees with you mia as far as like climbing in in you know the heavy armor that you have Maybe it won't come up, but he'll also take a max power and uh, an advantage. If there are any um, spells of disintegrate or power word kill, Falsey would take those as well. Oh, yeah, he's actually he's been able to outfit every single paladin with a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple scrolls of banishment that I can cast on this god. But again, Silas, so Silas kind of hands everybody uh, what they've requested, and then he again continues into this kind of assembly. And you see, very quickly, he's given out the rest of what of what he had. Well, I've been thinking that now or never, I might as well try to get in touch with Shikara again and see if there's any response or answer to what's going on and what they're doing. Especially if we think this armor problem is related to the eyes of Dendar. So. I'm going to send her a message. Where are you? We're heading into battle, breaching the caves. The armor is weak. We need the eyes. Please come help us. XO, XO. 
and the you know the, the few seconds go by and long enough where you almost think again she won't respond to you but you do get a response are you trying to lure us to our deaths many paladins have already tried and failed my priorities lie differently now i must stop isabella so Falzerin, you see Mia's demeanor stiffen, and her eyes are wide, and she looks a little pale. Uh, Falzerin. What, what? What's wrong, Mia? She answered. And where? Where is she? What is she doing? I doubt they'll come to our aid. Does she have the eyes? She didn't say. She said. They've killed paladins, and her priorities are different now. What? They're trying to stop Isabella? Isabella must be stopped, which, I mean, I know that. Oh, these sending spells don't give me enough information. I... I don't think the eyes are an option. Hmm. I just have more questions. Like, very... She sounded calm and weird about killing the paladins, tracking them. I just... Did she mention anything about Shaft? Does it sound like they're together? She said, are you trying to lure us to our deaths? So, I mean, they must be together. She used the plural. Well, I suppose this is a problem for another day. We, we have the road in front of us that we need to walk today. I just can't believe it. I know, it's, it's, I didn't expect this either, but like I said, I think we've got a good chance at we, us together, and I'm feeling, Samuel's very powerful in this armor, I, I think it's very good, I'm glad that he's on my side. Did we just send Grimby and Hulsa and Dreg to kill more paladins? Like, that is against our purpose, this is all spiraling out of control. I think, like I said, we, we, we can't, there's nothing we can do about it today. No, there's not, but I almost wish I hadn't asked. Now I feel uneasy about this whole situation. I, I thought maybe they were leaving for our good and for the good of Aspara, but it sounds like it's a selfish Isabella-focused mission. What could they possibly be doing? Perhaps Isabella is a, is a bigger threat than we we're aware of and you know we, we can't we can't worry about what we can't control what other people do and and we're not responsible for that either at the end of the day i just fall silent let's try to focus mia okay this is going to be a very long night who knows what to expect lies in front of us i i suspect it's going to be unpredictable for everyone uh I mean, maybe this will make you feel better. And Thufty holds out his stick to you, Mia. I kind of grin a little bit. <laughs> That's all he's going to get. <laughs> he kind of shrugs when he's, you know, you don't, I assume you don't take it from him. <laughs> and he goes back to kind of playing with it. Falzer, I just can't get it out of my head. She, I must stop Isabella. It's just like, it's just repeating. I just, ah. 
well, Shakara and Shaft are going to do what they're going to do, and we we can't control we can't do anything about it at this point. By the sounds of it, sister, maybe their goal is to stop whatever the plans were for for Dendar and Isabella's role in that. Okay, true. Okay. Okay, all right, okay. If we save Aspara just for Dendar to be resurrected or... Were they dead? I don't even know. But anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling more and more confident that Aspara... Okay, I'm feeling more and more anxious, but okay. ...going to be in good hands very soon. <sighs> She's like... Starts deep breathing. I know it's felt like the past few weeks have been years, but it's all going to be over soon. She starts like mumbling something and you hear like the power of Thor. Just like meditating, deep breathing, and the the cold night air, like your your wafts of your your deep breath, right? The the vapor in the in the cold night, and the that kind of nervousness starts to turn into like anticipation, and uh, you know the 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 troops themselves waiting in the night. A few of them have like begun sparring to like keep warm and. It's very clear, like, everybody is growing restless, right? As now, we've been assembled for hours, and, and it's been waiting for, for the other teams to get in, in place as we approach midnight now. Uh, the day has been quite long, uh, full of activity. Samuel, this whole time, has just remained in that position, just eyes out into the darkness, and his vigilance finally pays off as flares like streaks of flame kind of lance into the air again from far off to the west and further north samuel kind of turns to the paladin next to him and gives him the signal and a return flare is sent off from your position advance team forward half of the garrison surges towards the the cave entrance as they begin to filter in samuel and he still only has six of his bodyguards kind of encircled around him. The, they lead the charge of the rest of the forces, which, of course, includes the four of you. And again, now, like, the, it, there's, like, a frenetic en- energy as, like, adrenaline starts to surge in, the, in these paladins. And, and they almost, they're, like, cramming and shoving their way. Like, hundreds of paladins are trying to get into the, you know, funnel through this relatively small cave engine. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of web-like portal, right, as you're in the mass of bodies... It, like, seems to stretch further and further and further into this, like, tunnel right behind, whatever is behind it, as this mass of bodies push through it into the, the round chamber, right, with the with the egg sacs, up the those ten flights of stone stairs to the top where the, the second portal is. And masses push through this one again. Still looks, still fully functioning by all accounts. And you finally, with with these paladins you emerge into this massive open chamber it's nearly like 500 feet in diameter in, in a very very rough circular shape immediately you hear the, the clanging and yelling and snarling of battle that reverberates through this massive opening near deafening intensity hundreds of combatants have, have already flooded the space both sides eager to spill blood Seven of the those web portals, which does include the one you entered by, 
They're spaced out along the walls of this chamber, set into the base of huge rock pillars, for lack of a better term. They, they just stretch up to the 100-foot ceiling, preventing you know it, it from collapsing inwards. Spider webs large enough to catch a huge creature cling and stretch between them. And the stone has been carved out further around these supports, creating this second floor 40 feet above you. And it runs the circumference of the chamber, kind of like a balcony. Ten more of these portals are set into the back wall, encircling that space like on the first floor. Each one of these portals has a, a three-foot thick length of fibrous cordage running from it to the center of the chamber. Again, much like the cave you had just exited with the egg sacs all connected and funneled through the entry portal. Here, however, these fibers, they run directly to what has to be their source. Squeezed and stuffed on a raised section of rock up 20 feet up, between four more of the stone supports that reach up to the ceiling is an enormous bloated creature. It is barely recognizable as having once been a Neogi. Now blown up to nearly 60 feet wide, its spider's thorax bulges out between these support pillars, between the gaps and the four of them. The hairs that cover a normal Neogi's body, they've all fallen out now, revealing this pale, sickly yellow skin beneath with long stretch marks that run the length of its abdomen. The spindly legs and, and eel neck look like they've they've shortened, completely dwarfed by the sheer mass of the swollen thorax. It does not seem as if they have they too have been expanded. It's literally like the ass end of a spider just ballooned up. Each of those 17 kind of web fibers connect to the base of its body, extending from enlarged spinnerets. A ring of orcs formed around this this central platform. And you're 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 taking in all of this like just in, in seconds, right? Like a second or two, in addition to the fighting around you, hordes of orcs trading blows with paladins, Niyogi crawling on the walls, and over fallen figures sending out their own Eldritch blast. There's uh, their Umber Hulk thralls always close by, slamming into their enemies. Above you, a piercing shriek kind of cuts through the cacophony of battle as a dozen harpies come streaming out of a portal on the floor above you. That is a lot of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Holy... You see, like, more paladins still emerging through these portals. So, for ease of reference, I have numbered them on the map but obviously they're not <laughs> they don't each sport a number above them or anything like that but for your frame of reference on the map you see more paladins emerging from entrances entrance numbers 2 7 13 17 4 and 14 so it does seem like there have there's a, a pretty good number of entrances that the paladin forces were able to reach and and get into and take over and get through into this chamber it's not blatantly stated but they each have this cord you basically call it a thick cord and it's going to the thorax of this neogi in the middle if we're to kill this neogi in the middle like could we assume that it like the portal no longer functions then or hypothesize 
They're like attached though. So it's like, okay. And we know going into our portal, we felt like a, it was like a web pulling feeling situation. Yeah, there's like that stickiness, right? That once you're through kind of just yeah. evaporates, the residue evaporates off of you. Also keep in mind everything in the chamber behind you that too was connected into the portals. I just wonder if Mia or like Samuel would know where numbers were coming from and if they're done coming before we like, you know what I mean? Potentially close any of these portals, but. If you take another brief second to survey, there are creatures coming in from every single entrance, including paladins. Paladins and bad guys. Correct. All right. The impression I get is if we were to attack this thing in the center, we might all be trapped in here. Well, let's roll initiative and find out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, Falsy, what a good start to the night. Nat 20. I think that may be the first time I've ever rolled a uh, Nat 20 for initiative. Do you have any decks? Uh, no, I do not. Mia got a 15. This map is nuts. Yeah, this is enormous. We're a little bit outnumbered. Uh, it's hard to say. They have like some big creatures, but there's a lot of paladin numbers around, it looks like. Right. So again, also keep in mind, this is kind of more of a static picture. We want to know about like the actual sort of leaning of the, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Still in flux. So first up, Falzern. I should have hit my circle before <laughs> going through the portal thing. <laughs> <sighs> in the immediate vicinity, it doesn't look like there are too many Neogi. It's mostly orcs kind of, but you're you're in, you're still in, remember, you're in the cl a cluster of paladins right these massive bodies that have pushed through probably more at like the tail end of, of what has has been going in but you're you're there and um falzern what are you gonna do um i think falzern's going to um let loose his war cry and cast blink <laughs> <laughs> all right it's been so long <laughs> it has that's i guess that's the beauty of of um being first in initiative is that i don't I feel like casting blank, you know, isn't a bad call. Okay, well, if that is all you want to do, then go ahead and roll for it. I, I'm going to stay where I am. I, I feel pretty safe. I'm surrounded by paladins, go, and I've got Mia right beside me. I'm just going to cast blink, and I will roll for blink. And I stay where I am. <laughs> okay. Next is Samuel and his bodyguards. And Samuel, immediately, like you've walked in, like, almost in meteor res of this battle, right? Like, right in the middle of things. Samuel's barking out orders. There! The giant! Swarm it! As he points to what would be your left of this enormous, white, pristine, like, clad in furred armor, frost giant wielding this enormous axe, like the size of one of the paladins. There's just so much for you to survey, right? Yeah. As the, as the rounds go by, I'm sure we'll get more description of exactly what's in here. But there's, yes, you see giant spiders are crawling over where the web connects uh, between those pillars and the openings of, of the second floor. Above you, more Umberhulks seem to be, like, burrowing up out of the ground. The the growls of, of yetis, like, these are creatures that... Some of these creatures were... Uh, assaulting the original front line when it when that was uh, uh, repelled, but Samuel and his bodyguards begin to move towards the bloated creature in in the center, and any orcs that get close, his bodyguards are, are encircled around him, right to protect him. 
they're letting out blasts from their own gauntlets, as you re recalled it. They wear kind of replicas, uh, like almost like knockoffs of the armor of Kalar. From their gauntlets emit green and red blasts of fire and necrotic energy. A few orcs kind of break the line and get towards Samuel, and all Samuel does is raises his own glowing blue open hand towards it and blasts two of these orcs, and they are just dust under the power of the armor. Dang. And he will take flight, as you see he has, even with kind of the, the diminishing, the, the draining of, of the effect of it, he still has an incredible fly speed. And he makes it up like 80 feet up into the, you know, from where he starts to where he lands, about 80, 90 feet, to on setting foot on top of the bloated section of this being next to its neck and its head. Orcs around you, there, the, you know, the, there's these orcs, unlike some of what you've already fought, like outside of Thufti's cave, how the orcs there were clearly like workers and they were malnourished. Um, they weren't even clad for winter conditions. These orcs here are in well-maintained armor and weapons, and they are just trading blows with, with the paladins around them. Many of them, uh, orcs, archers, and paladins alike, like arrows are flitting across this open chamber. The cries uh, of paladins under the slamming fists of trolls throughout the, the, the chamber uh, as well. The harpies that have entered from above you swoop down on the four of you. Uh? 21 and a 14 against Mia. The 21 hits. Six uh, slashing. They're vulture-like talons on their feet, right? Wings and legs of a vulture with body, like naked abdomen of, of kind of deformed female features. Scrape and claw it at your metal as you, you know, get your shield up. Falls are unable to blink. Uh, a 19 and a 12. Oh, sorry, a 19 and a 9. The 19 hits. Uh, you only take three slashing. Braun, too, fends off his own attacking harpies. They seem like they are leaving Thufty alone, however. From almost like immediately across from you, which may be a little bit difficult to see kind of around the bloated Yogi, but on the far side, over by what's marked on the map as, as entrance 14, one of the numerous entrances that the paladins are flooding into, half a dozen more kind of pop through the portal and they look terrified as immediately charging behind them, these enormous dire bears claw their way through and just tear into a number of them. Paladin forces, however, uh, not deterred by combat. Uh, seems they are well-trained. You just see them returning their own blowers, just felling Neogi and taking down a troll. There's giants to fight that are hurling rocks into their, their forces, like the size of your head. General Ventrier herself is out there, you can see. She is, too, giving commands and yelling at some of her arcane forces, returning magical fire of their own. Mia. Well, Mia did not anticipate being able to call lightning in a cave, but I've called lightning in a smaller area before, so... I think I'm going to start with a bang. I think I'm going to channel the divinity of Thor and call lightning centered on... This, uh... Oh no, why Samuel all the way up there? No! 
That's okay. The cloud can be there and I can pick a different spot to call the lightning to. Um, the storm cloud is 10 feet tall with a 60 foot radius. So I want to center it on the big Neogi with the threads in the middle. And then I get to choose a point and uh, the creature five feet from that point make dexterity saves for the lightning damage. So I can choose to not throw it at, at Samuel right there. There's a lot of baddies surrounding this big Neogi in the middle, other than Samuel being up in his face, I think, right? So uh, so keep in mind, though, that thing it's sitting on is 20 feet above the floor that you're on. So there's nothing, you know, you're, you'll only hit it with, with your light. It's on, like, a rock pedestal sort of thing? Correct, yeah. Like, carved? Are you Sorry, you're trying to target the thing in the middle? Yes, but I'm also wondering if, because it's the inorganic material, such as stone, like, if I could shatter it. What if that shuts down the whole travel system and then we can't get to the body? The purpose is to control this room. Whether that means shutting down the portals. The purpose is to control the means of traveling within the cave. So not destroy the central thing? Because Samuel's up there fighting it. I mean, I guess he's fighting the orcs. No, he he hasn't attacked it. Samuel, yeah, Samuel hasn't done anything to it yet. If you, hey, if you want to strike it, then absolutely go for it. No, I should probably think about that. <laughs> I think do whatever whatever Mia thinks. I mean, if Mia's going to do what Mia's going to do, I would say just you, you do <laughs> whatever you want. But I don't think she's dumb enough to be like, yeah, let's... Because <laughs> I was already putting two and two together. Okay, yeah. So Mia definitely knows that, yes, the, like the, the goal, this fight's goal is to, you're right, control this space, but also control the means of using these portals. I'm going to... I think I'm going to call lightning. But I'm going to cast to the side of this pedestal just a little bit so that it's 10 feet off the ground. Like, it would hit the bodies on the ground, not the big yogi up in the air 20 feet. Basically, this storm is going to be the 60-foot the radius, like, centered around this. So his right, my left. And just trying to, like, call lightning into a spot where I feel like I can get, like, maximum people having to do dexterity saves. So I will call it at fourth level which with this ring will cast it will add a die for fifth level because of my magic item and then with my channel divinity basically because it's lightning or thunder damage if i channel it which i plan to you give me maximum damage instead so upcast the fifth level it'd be 5d10 max it out so 50 and then the deck save for creatures is 17 and i'm going to pick it's within five feet Let's just start with here. If I if I go to the left of this Neogi, there's four creatures that do deck saves, or they take the 50 damage. That's big. Yeah. Big damage. Big. Okay. Yeah. And yes. So so your the form like the the cloud itself just kind of rapidly expands into existence, right? Uh, just to the left of the central uh, column with the, with the bloated Neogi. And as your lightning strikes, every creature caught within it due to your channeling nice. immediately fried. And they all just fall, and now you've cleared like the kind of western flank of yeah, yep. getting to this section. If I can just stay in this pack of people protecting me <laughs> away from these harpies, <laughs> just keep throwing lightning bolts. Uh, Bron uh, acts after you, and he he kind of makes swipes at at these harpies, uh, connecting with one of them to show seven bludgeoning of his own. Like, it kind of looks like we're surrounded, but are they flapping, like, above us? Are they flying above us? They're within melee range, but they're kind of still above, uh, just above the ground. They haven't quite landed. Uh, another influx of 
Niogi forces kind of comes in through that same portal that the harpies arrived from. You see, there's there's one uh, one of the paladins is kind of like looks up there, right? Sees the harpies swarming your group, and he just takes his weapon and hacks into the the web fiber running to to that portal, and he severs it quite easily by the looks of it. The portal itself, it's it's like stretching, right? And it suddenly solidifies to stone, like you witnessed in, in the in the Niyogi cave okay. at the Paladin camp. And the, the, the harpy is like midway through it, caught in the stone and like severed in half <laughs> as it, you know, half of it falls dead in, into this chamber. So the first portal, the one we just came through is closed? Portal number eight, which is the one. Oh, number uh, eight, the one next to us. Yeah, yeah. So this portal is on the second floor where the harpies have emerged from. Falls in, you're up. I think Falzern would Falzern would have seen this, right? Yeah. So Falzern will yell out, "No, don't don't do that. That that could lead to where we need to go. We need to keep these portals open." I think Falzern is going to cast Flaming Sphere. So Falzern conjures this ball of fire that floats in the air, and he's going to uh, slam it into the closest harpy near him. So that harpy will need to make a deck save. <laughs> Five. Eight fire damage. And then I'm going to position the sphere so that it's um, not adjacent to any of our friendlies, but if it's possible to put it like between two harpies so that they're gonna have to move to avoid taking damage. Okay, absolutely. Uh, you can actually kind of nestle it up next to three of them if they don't move. Perfect. The goal is to kind of uh, present a, something that's going to cause them to need to get away from us or else take damage. And I'll, again, I'll stay where I am. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the little group we're in here. Uh, Samuel and his bodyguards. The bodyguards continue to just kind of cut and carve their way to the, the raised structure in the, in the middle. Samuel uh, also notices the severing of this, this web fiber, and he just one you know one powered gauntlet blasts into the paladin that cut it completely disintegrating him <laughs> no one severs the fibers and that's our show if you're not already be sure to follow us at incorrigible par on twitter incorrigible party on instagram and facebook and you can go to incorrigibleparty.com for world lore and pc information and we've recently started adding some maps there as well Incorrigible Party is generously sponsored and made possible by Critical Hit Design. For any of your design needs, visit criticalhitdesign.com. All ambient sound and music is provided by Tabletop Audio. And our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. You can reach him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. Happy adventuring! This has been a Sounds of Steel production.